I was I wanted to do the Good Morning Vietnam one, but I missed it. Darn. Good morning, you. It's the afternoon. Yes, good afternoon. afternoon I, I've you. lost the mileage. That's all right. That's all right. For people who are just tuning in, we are the Arts Report. On broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory of UBC's Point Grey campus. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Ashley Park. I'm Jake Clark. And I'm Lula. And we're here today. we got a couple interviews for you. We will uh, very shortly have an interview with Jillian Christmas uh, from Versus Festival of Words, as well as Natalie Andrea from POV um, Film Festival. And I do just want to say before that that it's, you know, it's that time of year again. So we have we are now out of school. And yep. it, it kind of feels to me like I'm a sailor and I'm on shore leave. A little really? bit. <laughs> a little bit. But, Why? Uh, Why? Well, you know, summer hours a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, when you're just sort of right between whatever you're doing in the summer and right between and what you've been doing for the past little while. So that's a bit of a call to, you know, tie one on in advance of what has been done. Yeah, you know what, I can, I can see what you mean by that. What about you, Lua? I don't know, I'm just really glad that the sun is coming out, finally, <laughs> <laughs> and we have longer days. I'm so excited when I see, like, it's 7 o'clock at night, and it's, like, sun out and I, every day. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, you may not see that necessarily for a great deal of time, it being Vancouver, but now is the season. You're heading back to Brazil uh, yeah. at some point. You're leaving us, right? For yes, summer? I'm leaving in a week, and I'm really sad that I'm missing like the best part of Vancouver. It's like finally I lived through winter, and I was miserable a lot of the time, and now finally when the sun's coming out, I'm going home. This <laughs> so. is actually my first summer in Vancouver. Oh, nice. it, it would be because I haven't been around for the uh, – I've, I've gone back to London each time. So that would be – yeah, because I – although – it does seem that London is sort of resembling Vancouver in that it's well, actually, it is freezing there, but it's rain. It's freezing rain in Ottawa, which is okay. kind of a weird bit of serendipity because I called there and it's like, hey, it's raining over here. It's raining over here too, <laughs> or, except it's freezing because Ontario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you? Are, do you have any plans uh, for the summer? Uh, I got summer courses going. Oh. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, Plans are conditional on that. Sad thing is, like, I throughout the summer, like one place where I did want to go to, I wanted to go there more was is Benny's Bagels, you know, which has done some uh, great stuff with spoken word and with with comedy. And the um, thing is, it seems like I've I've heard a rumor. I don't know if this is true that they're uh, they're about that they're on the verge of folding. Oh really? Yeah, you you, you yeah, went to the slam I, with I, me. Yeah, things, the right? slams there are really cool. It's a really cozy space. Has great food, um, great teeth, great coffee. It's like a really nice place. Yeah, it's so inclusive. It's a perfect spa- space for the slams. Which mm-hmm. is kind of funny though, because we've done a lot of stuff related to to spoken word, and I, I haven't really heard about it from them. Is the thing, and I so I don't know. I don't know if it's the the rumor going along. I hope so. Either way, tonight's the open mic, you know, so if you want to swing by there, you can. Or is it, is it just tonight's the open mic? I don't know. I should be better than this. Hello, it's, uh... Jillian Christmas? Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay, great, great. Hi. We have you on air. Hi. Thank you for joining the Arts Report. Hi, how are you? Hi. I'm so, great, how are you? 
Sorry about I'm the very well. snafu there. Just uh, that's okay. That's somebody. okay. I, I figured I would just wait until somebody spoke to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining our show. Uh, we are very excited to listen to your projects, and uh, let's just get right into it, shall we? Awesome. That sounds great. So you are currently you're the artistic director for Versus Festival of Words, which is I... as well, actually kind of fits. You were just talking about spoken word events. I heard you. <laughs> yeah, that was going somewhere, I promise. So what is Versus? If, if we're not familiar with that, what is Versus Festival of Words? So Versus Festival of Words is about an 11-day, this year it's an 11-day festival. Uh, it's usually around 10 or 11 days in April every year. Um, and it is something that encompasses really every iteration of, of the word that we can think of, both spoken, written, sung, um, everything. And so we have conversation groups. We have the Canadian Individual Poetry Slam Championship that happens. So poets come from all across Canada to compete here in Vancouver for the the um, Canadian Cup. And then the winner from our competition here goes on to represent English-speaking Canada in Paris on the world stage. So that's a really uh, a big feature of the festival. But we've got lots of showcase stages. Um, we've got workshops. Um, and lots of like just fun activities for people to engage in um, shows like Mash Poetics that return every year that have you know music and poetry combined. Um, and then the most important thing that's kicking off tomorrow is the uh, beginning of the Youth Poetry Slam uh, Hullabaloo, which gathers poets from all across BC um, who are high school aged, and they compete together to see who's going to be the winner every year. It's a great word, Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo is one of my favorite words. And is, is that like sort of the character of it? Is it a very sort of dynamic, punchy kind of event? Oh, absolutely. You know, some of the most um, electric poetry that we get in the entire festival comes from the youth, the youth um, sort of competition. And um, I think that is, you know, they're just fresh. They've got lots of wonderful ideas and they haven't really um, had any of those ideas I don't know. I don't want to say tainted, but um, they haven't had any of those ideas, you know, affected by the outside world as yet. Uh, And so they come to us um, really pure and really raw and and full of things to say um, and just like speaking in their own voices and with their own personalities and not um, sort of colored by um, other artists or or other experiences out there. So it's really, it's amazing. It is an electric event and it also is really lighthearted and fun. Um, uh, Whereas, you know, as adults, um, sometimes in slam, we can get a little bit overwhelmed by the competition aspect of it. But these youth um, really celebrate each other. They clap for everybody. They, um, they're really invested in each other's success, and it's a really amazing way to start off a festival. That's very interesting, because I recently watched the documentary Louder Than a Bomb, which is about mm-hmm. that, that slam in, in Chicago, where actually our very own Shane Koizan was, uh, was he last year? It was, he, was, he was present. And it's yeah. a very, to me, fascinating thing, because I, I, I wasn't involved in poetry when I was young, but I was involved in Reach the Top, and it seemed like a really sort of similar turnout. You know, yes, a, yeah. a, 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 of, of the passionate and slightly weird, like in the, across the board. For sure. Uh, and that's something I found very inspiring about it. And it's interesting to me now because, like, Shane Koizan, yes, but also Rupi Kaur, who's, a mm-hmm. qua- who's quantifiably famous. She's, she's from, yeah. she's Canadian. She's from Brantford, right? Yes, she is, yeah. And she's famous on poetry alone, which is yeah. kind of unprecedented. Like, I, I was trying to think of people who've made livings off of being poets alone. And in the past century, the only person I could think of was E.E. E. Cummings. 
And oh, oh, that's certainly not true. <laughs> that's well, yeah, lecture circuit, yeah. right? For him, uh, it was later on. Well, I mean, I just mean that there, I I work with and um, and uh, I'm lucky to be friends with and in community with a lot of people who um, make poetry their career. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, across Canada, I think specifically the rise of spoken word um, or the sort of um, like, I mean, I think spoken word always has a presence in, in our society, but uh, because of SLAM, it has really had this this reinvigoration. And um, there are poets who tour uh, just as a career. That's, that's what they do. And um, I'm really lucky to have been in this community for now over 10 years, and I've seen a lot of them. And Shane is, is a really good example. He's probably the, the most well-known Canadian um, poet who makes his, his career off of, of performing poetry. But there are a lot of others and um canadian american and across the globe yeah is there a lot of cross-pollination between the scenes like do people who also write poetry also write say i know shane koizan worked on a film and works in music as well um is there a lot of cross-pollination there or is a lot of it just a strict sort of spoken word kind of thing i think there's lots of cross-pollination and i think that poets specifically take a lot of opportunities um, to collaborate with other artists. I know that I do. Um, I think the poetry really lends itself to the kind of collaboration um, that happens with musicians, visual artists, even dancers. It's, um, you know, we did a collaboration with the Vancouver Opera at the Vancouver Poetry Slam a couple of years ago. And uh, really? so there's all kinds of possibilities. Yeah. And um, Shane started as a poet in the slam scene, in fact, and um, and he won uh, one of the large competitions, the National Poetry Slam. Slam um, individual competition down in the States. And that was really his big launch uh, into his career. But then, of course, the Olympics happened. And that was the, yeah, the was... next kind of big push. And um, uh, and so he, from poetry, started doing things in the movies and, and um, with the short story long and, um, you know, uh, touring with musicians and stuff like that. But it all started from, from poetry and, and specifically from the poetry scene here in Vancouver. Now, what I got to ask with youth involvement for that is that I've heard a lot of things about the scene, about spoken word as an art form being heavily influenced by uh, poetry that is shared on social media to the extent where that's kind of a a hackneyed trope in in the discussion. And I was wondering what your opinion on that is. Do you think is there is there an influence there? Is it positive? Is it negative? Does it help disseminate uh, poetry to more people or does it narrow the medium? Yeah, I mean, I think all of those things are true. <laughs> um, I think that, um, well, I would say that a lot of the people who you see um, gaining success uh, from SLAM or those kinds of spoken word stages um, are also represented on Instagram, are also represented in um, a lot of the uh, social media platforms. You know, so many of the videos that um, are posted, um, you know, through Button Poetry or even through our own Vancouver Poetry Slam site, um, they come from the slam scene. They come from competition. Um, and a lot of people don't always recognize that, that the the um, video that they're seeing online is something that came from a national competition. And so there's a certain format that happens there and a, and a certain popular style that is often represented there. And it's the same thing with Instagram. You know, you see certain styles that, that are, um, are popular. And to me, I think of it in the same way I think of popular music, you know. Um, it, uh, it's, it, it reaches a great amount of people and it draws people into the love of a particular art. Um, I don't think that it um, like 
does anything negative to affect the integrity of the art form, I think you'll see still a variety of music being made, a variety of, um, you know, different styles and um, people who bring different things to it. But um, there's always going to be that realm that is uh, most accessible for uh, the most amount of people. And um, I'm always happy for that. You know, slam is the same way in that um, you do get certain styles that really rise to the top on the stage, certain meters that are um, really accessible to the ear. Um, but that doesn't exclude any other kind of poetry. And at the Vancouver Poetry Slam, we're really, um, we're very keen to always have uh, page poets on the stage as well, because we want to celebrate every iteration of poetry that exists. So, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I checked the, um, um, your site, and it looks like you have actually around like 42 events on your your calendar. And the last three days, actually, you guys host the Canadian Individual Slam Championships. Is that right? Exactly. That is exactly right. And, um, I would say that with you being such an accomplished slam poet yourself, uh, for the like, what are you so excited about for the Canadian Individual Slam Championship? Because right now the main thing that people are trying to do is like, what is Canadian um, art and how is it represented? Exactly, that's that's my Canadian nationalism. <laughs> I've made that joke on the show a couple times, so I'm making a running gag now. A little bit. A little bit. So yeah. What have you kind of seen around the scene lately that? Uh, really kind of talks about this Canadian identity. What's one artist or, or what's one poem or poet you gotta see? Oh, well, I mean, there are a lot of actually local poets who are um, engaged in this year's uh, Canadian Individual Poetry Slam. Um, and we always have poets from across the country, like I said, and we still will this year. But um, we always save a little bit of registration for what we call storm poets. And those are poets who are not representing a particular venue, like they're not coming from Saskatoon or wherever. They're mm-hmm. poets who are signed up uh, on their own. Um, they paid their own way and they're coming to, to storm the competition to, um, you know, add their voices to the mix. And a lot of those poets are, are locals from from these unceded territories of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish people. Um, so we have a, a real, um, I wouldn't say Canadian in quotations, but I would say um, the real voices of this land, these territories, are mm-hmm. going to emerge on the stage. Um, and, and you're going to see the perspectives of a lot of Indigenous people um, throughout this festival. Um, and that's so important to us to, to be highlighting that. One of the themes that we use to kind of guide ourselves through this festival is that of locate yourself. I think it's something that we forget to do quite often. And um, so to speak to the, the identity, the cultural identity here um, in Vancouver and, and across the, the country, uh, we have a lot of folks who really have um, important messages and important voices to be listened to. And, and most of those, many of them, unfortunately, are underrepresented and, um, uh, yeah, underutilized in conversations about Canadian uh, identity. So I'm really glad to be showcasing them on these stages. That's excellent to hear. Yeah. And where where specifically can we find verses? Where, where is there any particular event you'd want us to check out? If say if we don't know much about the say if we're going into this blind. I think they should. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that uh, we have a number of venues. I think we have uh, five or six different venues this year. Um, might even be seven. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing track. But um, if you're looking for slam and you want to check out some of the Canadian individual um, poetry slam, Havana Theatre is going to be one of our venues for prelims. And Café de Soleil, as always, is, is our home and hub of slam poetry. Um, 
Yeah, we, we do a slam at Cafe Display every Monday. Um, it's been running, our slam in Vancouver is the longest running slam in all of Canada. It's gone for 22 years now. And um, we pack the venue. We sell out almost every Monday, so you got to get there. And, and right now for the festival, you're going to be seeing, like I said, the cream of the crop from across Canada. So if you come to the cafe on you know Thursday the 26th or Friday the 27th, you're going to see some amazing artists um, and and Havana Theatre um, you know is always because it's not our home venue we always are at Café de Soleil people sometimes sleep on that venue which I really recommend that you do not do go to Havana Theatre you're going to see some amazing art and then our final night for Sips is happening Sips being the Canadian Indies is happening at Annex uh, for the first time ever we're going to be at the Annex downtown and we're really excited about that venue because it is so fully accessible and that is something that um, our community is really passionate about and it's really important to us at the festival so um, hopefully we'll be able to invite all kinds of people um, to come in from all different communities um, and and absorb some of this uh, spoken word and outside of the slam there like I said there's so many wonderful um, workshops we have one on ableism uh, 101 mm-hmm. we have um, a workshop on looping um, looping of landscapes with Mo Clark so you can learn how to digitize your voice and, and make it uh, plentiful on the stage and then um, yeah like just a million different showcases and one that I really want people to be aware of is Interrobang um, which is happening at Cafe de Soleil um, and it's going to have burlesque dancing it's going to have Snotty Nose Res Kids bringing us some hip hop and Billy Ray Belcour bringing us some some really beautiful sensual um, poetry and then one last one that I, I really have to highlight because uh, I'm, a, I'm worried that people are not going to understand how great it is, is uh, Word Circus, which is always a delight because it's kind of like what a lot of festivals call a workshop stage mm-hmm. where we have um, a number of different artists come together um, and then they don't really know who's going to go next. Uh, they don't know what poem is going to oh, emerge wow. next. <laughs> they kind of are, are performing in conversation with each other. So mm-hmm. one poet will speak and then the next one will sort of respond to that that piece um, using their own work. So it's going to be really um, an exciting event. Yeah. All right. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Versus do. April 19th to 29th, uh, Havana, Cafe de Soleil, many great venues. All in Vancouver. Definitely go check it out, everybody. And yeah. thank you so much for uh, Miss Jillian Christmas for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Take care. And all right, that was uh, versus Festival of Words. I I do like having the spoken word coverage because I do want to see poetry as a as a medium come up more because I think it does. I think weird. that was like what Ms. Uh, Christmas was talking about. There are more people than than you know, um, as you mentioned, E. Cummings, who do make their life out of uh, you know poetry and their career, and it's their passion. It's their everything and it's wonderful to see that at versus i want everyone to go check it out it's april 19th to the 29th meaning there's a lot of time a lot of different venues a lot of things that might you know kind of like ooh, this may be interesting to me you have the poetry slam uh competition you have uh you have a lot of these workshops she mentioned in Terabang as well which combines burlesque there's a lot of things that spoken word can do which i think she really kind of uh, showed us yeah, it's oh, it occurs to me, Gil Scott Heron. I could have also done Gil Scott Heron. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with Natalie Andrea from POV. Sure, let's do it. Oh, 
Hello there, and welcome to CITR and Discorder's How-To Guide to Being Your Best Possible Self. Step 1. Pick up a copy of the April issue of Discorder Magazine from one of our 100-plus distribution locations. Step 2. Read your copy of Discorder Magazine to map out your record store day with Sean Hogan's help. Figure out the steps for getting your own show on CATR 101.9 FM. Get inspired by the youth at the Real to Real Film Festival and find the X's that mark the spots of the closed and closing Vancouver venues with Elijah Teed. Step 3. Check out reviews of live music and comedy shows, albums, podcasts, and books. Step 4. Thank your advertisers. Shout out to your mom, the AMS, the Rio Theater, Blueprint, Timber Concerts, the Rickshaw Theater, Mint Records, the Wise Hall, Art Rock Finale, High Life Records, Caribou Lager, MRG Concerts, the Doxa Documentary Film Festival, the Real to Real International Film Festival for Youth, the Cinematheque, the Spring Record Convention, Audio Pile Records, Red Cat Records, Neptune Records, the Verboden Festival. Step 5. Check out Discorder.ca for web exclusives and magazine updates. Step 6. Come into the station. Write for Discorder. Get a show. Duh. of CITR and Discorder, but are you a true friend? Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts in Hastings Sunrise at Beat Street Records, Bomber Brewing, Community Vintage and Thrift, Community Thrift and Vintage, Pandora's Box Rehearsal Studios, Red Cat Records, and Selectors Records. Welcome back to the Arts Report. You're listening to CITR Radio 101.9 FM, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory in Vancouver. My name is Ashley Park. I'm still Jake Clark. And I'm Lua. And we have a special guest with us. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. I'm Natalia Andrea. And you are affiliated with Persistence of Vision Film Festival. I thought it was Point of View Film Festival for a second, and but but that the press release says Persistence of Vision, so that was a clue. Um, and your feature for that is Pieces of Light. It is, yeah. Um, this is the film that I wrote and directed this year mm-hmm. for the Persistence of Vision Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you'd like me to talk about a little bit about my film. Yeah, if you could. That'd be great. We'd be, we'd be happy to hear more about your film and also this festival. For sure, for sure. Um, so my film is about a young programmer. Um, she's staying with her grandfather. And then she's been distanced from him, so she gets an opportunity in this like magic realism film mm-hmm. to reconnect with his grand with her grandfather. Um, so this story is about uh, the relationship in a family, and mm-hmm. it's based on my own story because my grandfather he moved to Ecuador from Colombia. I'm from Ecuador originally, mm-hmm. um, so it's an immigration story but here in Canada instead, mm-hmm. about this family who's Latin American and who lives in an English-speaking country. Are you also a programmer? I'm not. I think <laughs> that's one of the dreams that I had when I was younger and I never got to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that I liked and I wanted to add that to the character. Mm-hmm. And how did you kind of um, found yourself like submitting your film to that festival? What, draw you, what drew you in actually? Um, well, I'm in my fourth year and in fourth year we get the opportunity to make um, as many films as we want. Oh, lovely. There's 17 of us in our class, and there's f- 13 films. 
So we got to wrote and di- and we, we got to write and direct our films uh, the way we wanted to. Mm-hmm. It was just um, a great opportunity, and I just decided to tell this story. Now, when you say magical realism, I understand that, that based on what I know, you know, Borges um, et al., so there's been a there's been a great deal of very fantastic magical realism coming from South America, and it's a long running tradition. Does that inform your style at all, or is that specifically for this? Um, I'd say, even like naming it magic realism, it, it came from the idea that um, where I come from. But initially, it was based on a sci-fi kind of film. Um, so it definitely has some um, technology, visual effects, but at the same time, it's based on one's um, thoughts mm-hmm. and family relationships. So that's why I mix both of them, and that's why I decided to call, call it magic realism because of my culture and how it's represented on it instead of just calling it sci-fi. Sort of like an eternal sunshine of the spotless mind kind of thing. Exactly. Okay, exactly. I get that. That's nice. That's a, that's a good movie. And what are some of the other features that we might see if we were to drop by POV? Yeah, so at POV, we have a variety of films. We have World War II um, epics, dramas. We also get a film that is a queer Asian horror film. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have some um, comedies. We also have some family-friendly films. We have a musical Basically, this year for POV, we the main theme is diversity, and not only for the genres that we have in the festival, but also because of the culture that is represented. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, myself from Ecuador, and then we have films from Japan, from South Korea, from Taiwan, from Hong Kong, mm-hmm. all represented in the festival. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> One thing I, I do have to ask about, the World War II epic, this is a short film festival. So in terms of cramming, uh, like getting a World War II epic into that depth of space, I can imagine that's a pretty animated production <laughs> going on there. Um, that's a good question. I haven't haven't get, gotten a chance to look at it yet, but I do know it has some, some great, they created a whole set for this film. Um, so I do know there was a lot in the production of this film. Um, mm-hmm. I've yet to like have more comments on it because I haven't seen it, but I'm really looking forward to see what they... What was production like on your film? Uh, for my film, um, we started produc- pre-production around September, October, mm-hmm. and then we went on to production on December, right before the term um, ended. And it was a lot of work because mm-hmm. we have, like I said, in our year we have 13 films. And then we we're helping each other, but it's only seventeen of us. So we had to like put a lot of work into like making sure the films happen. And specifically for mine, I had a two day shoot, and then mm-hmm. we were shooting on campus at UBC, and we 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 did pretty well. We went longer each day than than we expected. Right. Oh, no yeah. production. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It always happens. But we, we managed to get everything we wanted, and it was successful at the end. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy how the films turned out. Mm-hmm. Is that general feeling of satisfaction sort of one of the great – is that part of the atmosphere of it? Like, yeah, it... I think so. I think so. I, I guess because we have a deadline to submit the films and everything, that's right. the only pressure that we have um, because we don't get, I guess, as much as – 
um, time to like be more creative with their films. Mm-hmm. But I know that everyone's really happy with their film. And from what I've seen, like at least from my year, um, we have like great films. Like I'm really proud of everyone mm-hmm. in our class, especially because how different the films are and how we've all put our own like input and background into our of films. Course, yeah. So it's it's great to for people to get to see that about us in our films. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like future film ideas that you're interested in exploring? Yeah, for sure. Like because I want to stay here in Vancouver, I think it's it's great that I have something new to bring to the table because mm-hmm. I'm from Ecuador. So I want to tell a story f- based on my mom. Mm. Um, she's told me so many stories when she was younger, and I want to be able to tell one of those stories. Um, I, I'm, pl- I'm planning to do a feature based oh, cool. on that, yeah. but I'd rather start on a short first and see how <laughs> that goes and go forward with that. But yeah, I definitely want to keep want to keep shooting films and making more films with my classmates and like people that I get to know in the industry. Mm-hmm. All right. And if people want to go see the festival, where and when does it take place and how should people get tickets? Sure. So the festival is taking place next weekend, April 28th and 29th. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a madness show on the 28th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then uh, both nights on Saturday and Sunday we will have um, half the films play each night. And you can get tickets. We have a Facebook page uh, with the name Persistence of Vision Film Festival. Um, and also we have a website that if you go to the Facebook page, you'll find the link there. But if you want to look directly into the website, that's povubcfilmfestival.org. Mm-hmm. And you can get tickets there. There's like a link directly to the tickets. Well, great. Thank you very much. Yeah, the 28th has a matinee for all of them and then the first half. Yes. The 26th, 29th. Yes. Yeah. So we have that's 21 cool. films this year in the festival. Big. And that's a lot. So. <laughs> so this year we decided to do the night screenings half and half of the films gotcha, each night right. and then we're doing a madness show with all 21 films a three-hour show so if you can make it to both nights you can come on saturday morning to and it's watch like watching films. like a full movie exactly. it really is so. exactly you know, it's not like it just sounds longer than it is but it's just like it's watching like, like i a remember when the norm was still movie. active and they had the pov that was two years ago they had pov the screenings there and they had the dvd for it i remember i still have that dvd actually oh that's great yeah i yeah. liked it i think there were about there weren't there weren't 20 but it was up there it was it was, it was like sitting it was like a feature movie length yeah, mm-hmm. every year we get more films, which is great because yeah. we get to see more about the students in the film program. Um, but yeah, like we we will have DVDs on the day as well if anyone wants to purchase one. If anybody still has a DVD player, <laughs> exactly that too. Yeah. Who knows? DVD players might come back. Right now, vinyl's really in. Just wait like 30 more years and people be like, hey, do you have a DVD player? Yo, remember when we had <laughs> DVD players? I have one now. No way. It'd be like, yeah, I paid $25,000 for an eBay. Uh, it'd be, I have so many DVDs and CDs on a, on a shelf at home. You know, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. I hope they appreciate in value. That <laughs> might... I know. But mm-hmm. we're looking really looking forward to seeing your film, as well as other talented UBC films. And that's for... Uh, POV point of no 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 (laughs) periphery no no feel free persistence of vision persistence of vision film festival thank you very much for joining us today yeah thank you so much for having me vibrations i mean (laughs) anyway POV POV (laughs) persistent division next weekend uh we'll be coming back after these short messages (laughs) 
Sequential Circus has been Vancouver's premier showcase of live electronic music, art, and performance for over a decade. Strap on your dancing shoes and join us for Sequential Circus 22 on Saturday, April 21st at Open Studios. Musical performances by 1800 Height Street, Amos Hertzman, Lace, MAAM, and Quest, visuals by Dermot Glennon, Pixel Pusher, and Ian Ross, and aerial hoop performance by Celine. Tickets are $20. Get more information at sequentialcircus.ca. Conference is a student-run initiative presented by the UBC Undergrad Association at UBC's Social Justice Institute that is entering its ninth year being hosted on UBC Vancouver campus. The Effort Conference is a day-long conference and includes presentations from students, community organization workshops, free meals, and keynote speeches while providing a venue for feminist scholars, students, and community members to learn each other's skills, knowledges, and experiences. Each year, all attendees are provided with free access to workshops and student panels related to social justice as well as a free lunch. This year's Effort Conference will be held on April 28th in the AMS Nest. And welcome back to the Arts Report. I'm Ashley Park. I'm still Jake Clark. And I'm Lua. Uh, before we begin, there's a shout out we've been asked to um, convey. Uh, this is for Lori Anderson, who is a legendary New York performance artist. Mm -hmm. She was married to Lou Reed until he died. Um, and she's coming to Vancouver in a limited engagement in celebration of her new book, um, which is uh, The Heart of a Dog. Which No, that, that's the film. There's It's a multimedia experience incorporating spoken word, audio, live music, and electronics. Um, this show, I believe, is already sold out, but it's it's one it's a pretty fascinating show. It's coming to the Chan Center on April twelfth. So, if you're interested in in sort of like noise rock, art rock scene, she's actually a big influence on uh, Metric, mm. uh, the Canadian um, band. Yeah, I'm gonna bring it to bring that one back around. Mm -hmm. Who'd you rather be? Beatles or the Rolling Stones. Apparently, her actual answer to that was the Velvet Underground, which makes sense when she's <laughs> friends with Laurie Anderson and Lou Reed. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things where I we we um we got this info. I'm like, okay, that's gonna be sold out. But this like, but in, you know. in the case in the case, sometimes uh, you can go there and they might have rush tickets if people don't show up. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened to me at one of the shows. To be honest, though, what happened is I sat. They made me you know stand at like a like a will call. Part, and then some people came in and they go, oh, no, my, you know, girlfriend or, you know, our son or whatever, you know, they're not coming. Do you want to buy the tickets off of us? So you can actually, you know, buy tickets off of people who don't have people coming in. Like, you know, if you really are desperate, like me, I was desperate that time. But, you know, <laughs> if you're really desperate, you could just stand there and then look sad and somebody might go, hey, do you want to buy this ticket off of me? I mean, I could have made a joke about the average age of the attendees, but you know, I've, I've, these events fill up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a lot of fans. There's a lot of that. really cool stuff happening at the Chan Center, which is why people should really check out the Chan Center events uh, time to time. Yeah, they really should. When's this one happening again? This one is on the twelfth, um, and they are embargoed until the twenty fourth, so we really can't go into much more detail. Mm -hmm. But um, Lua, you were at the Chan Center's got a Lua. lot of multicultural <laughs> things going Lua. on, and you were at an Argentinian dance thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's I, talk about it. It's called so it's an Argentinian dance company that was actually started by a French guy, mm -hmm. a French uh, dancer. Really? Um, 
He's amazing. The show was amazing. Just a heads up. I'm gonna. <laughs> Go ahead. Sure. What was it called? So the name of the company is Chimalumbo,、mm-hmm. and so they just named the show Chimalumbo because it's just、um, it's a thirteen, twelve, twelve guys dancing,、mm-hmm. um, the Malumbo dance style,、ah, which、okay. is from Argentina, and the Malumbo dance style. It began in the 17th century and as competitive duels、really? between、uh, um, the Argentinian cowboy, that's the gaucho.、Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, so so <laughs> cowboys? Yes. Would just, just say to settle settle a dispute like in dancing. This town, I'm yes. Oh, I'm <laughs> yes. Hey, if men want to dance in front of me, go ahead. Woo. But that's、It's, awesome. Exactly. So、um, it's well, technically they didn't dance dance、yeah, back then, but it became a dance, like the same way capoeira today is a fight right, dance. Right. Right. Yeah.、Um, so it's、but、capoeira. You can actually you can actually beat the piss out of somebody with that.、Right? Yeah. I mean, the amount of stomping and like the amount of movements they do here, I can see where the fighting comes from. You can definitely fight, see、right. where.、Um, The fighting energy comes from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it um it was sponsored by the Caravan World Rhythms. So um basically they bring they're bringing a different show every month,、mm-hmm. and it's only a one night.、Right. So this one was amazing. And if they come back to Vancouver, because this was their second time in Vancouver,、mm-hmm. um I really suggest everyone go see it because it was、mm-hmm. an amazing show. And the thing is, um getting there. I didn't really know what to expect. Right. I had read something about okay, it's going to be this style. I was somewhat familiar with a little bit of it. Right. And they're like, it's going to incorporate、um, a lot of flamenco and tango. And I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Right. And I get there first. The Queen Elizabeth Theater, where it was,、um, was almost. Packed. Wow! It, so、really? it's a yeah. It was Huey's a big theater. Too. I know. A, it's, like they... It fits almost three thousand people. Right. And it was almost completely full. And it, I got there and I was so impressed、um, at the amount of people that were there to see them.、Um, but once they started, I completely understood. Whoa! <laughs> they were they were that good. They were that good. There. The thing is, there was no music. Oh wow! It was、okay. a dance show、That's、with、different. no music、uh-huh. because they were the ones making their own music with、oh. the rhythms that they were making with their feet or like、um, clapping. And they the first scene, I guess you could、yeah. call it,、um, is literally them walking in with these big drums、mm-hmm. and yelling. So it's it's very powerful,、yeah. and you're kind of like thrown into this duel.、Mm, yeah, and it starts with like one o one. It starts with one guy, and then one on one, and then two on two, and then、mm-hmm. groups. And you actually, you feel that you're gonna see a fight happen、oh, because they are like、um, so aggressive towards each other. <laughs> you feel <laughs>、so、that like, kind of like that, it's、uh, so tense. You, yeah, you feel that <laughs> that tension that's there, right? Yes, yeah, it's、okay. most extremely intense. The Johnson County War, as interpreted by Pina Bausch, <laughs> <laughs> and、um, yeah, so good. And the thing with their energy is absolutely incredible because you, as you watch them,、mm-hmm. you can see yes, there is this almost toxic masculinity, but you can al-、right. also see that it is the representation of what masculinity is supposed to be inside that culture. 
Right, right. Inside that dance form. Yes, right? exactly. Inside of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it feels like as you watch them, it feels like, wow, this is what people thought a man should be like. Yeah, it's a very, ha- it a very hyper-masculine image. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though, like, they are wearing, like, very, very tight pants and heels. <laughs> and yes, so, <laughs> Yes. And, well, not heels, heels, but, like, you know, dancing heels. Yeah, yeah, dance shoes. Like, platif- not platforms, but anyway, yeah. male dance like, shoes. Like, like, really thick heeled boots. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one that you make noise with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and some of it, like, if you would see these men outside of this context or without the energy and the presence that they have, you'd be like, okay, this is, like, just a normal person but once you put it inside of that you see wow this idea of masculinity mm-hmm. is really interesting to observe um and at points i was like i don't know if i'm were you also in a trance almost yes uh, wow. i was completely in awe like yeah there are a few shows that i have left in complete awe and i was very lucky to see <laughs> two of them this semester the mm-hmm. first one was shun Wei. Mm-hmm. And this one where I left and I was like, wow, I need to have a moment where I just lay down, stare at the ceiling and digest this. Process, yeah, <laughs> process what's going on, right? Wow. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like a very a rave review from you. Yeah, it, it was amazing. The, mm-hmm. uh, and also the thing is like they also changed costumes and they didn't oh, have an cool. intermission. How did they do that then? Um, so... They have like a lot of tear offs. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's a different type of show, my friend. No, they didn't have any intermissions, but they would like change. So there would be different ah, numbers right. of people on stage of at different times. <laughs> and the thing is, like, it started as a fight, and then all of a sudden there comes this guy in with a guitar, an acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and starts singing these beautiful love songs. And then they all beat the crap out of him. No. <laughs> And then it becomes this great party. Oh, okay. This energy. Is yeah. Moving in. And this is a great party energy. And they mm-hmm. incorporate humor um, mm-hmm. into it. And then they go back into this fighting thing. Yep. And one of the instruments, I don't know if you can call, can call it an instrument mm-hmm. that they used, um, was these little, like. Buttons? No, it was. I'm, like, I'm, like I'm looking at your hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like these little balls attached to a really long string. Oh, okay. Like, go yeah, whoosh, that whoosh, go, whoosh, exactly. Right? And you oh, could all hear okay. the whoosh, but you could also hear them hitting the ground with it. And they made like the rhythms with that. Mm-hmm. So that was. And while they moved it, because every, every all the lighting was yellow with red and oranges, it literally felt they were being like surrounded by fire. Mm-hmm. And I was just. No? No. No, no, no. no. Uh, that's that's a berimbau. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, no. I think I have them. It's, oh, it's boleadora. Yeah. Oh. Boleadora is the name. Oh, like, uh, as in, so bolas. They're sort of like the bolas they'd use for hunting? No, it's like a, they call it a percursive lasso. So it's like, it's imitating a lasso as if uh, you're, like, oh, going to okay. catch a bull. I don't know. Because, like, there's bolas, which you, you throw, and then they w- wind around the legs. Yeah, it's and... more or less like that, but it, there's, so it's only one ball, and it's, really long string so like they can rotate it around their bodies okay. like they are literally um they look like this right let me, let me you could really picture. do a yeah yeah on one of those yeah, yeah. Just... and i f- at moments i was really scared for them because i thought they would hit each other oh, no. especially because there were times where two 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 of the guys would come really really close and then they would do it at different angles and they would get really close to hitting each other and then they mm-hmm. wouldn't 
Yes. <laughs> that made me very tense. <laughs> so they're based on the, the gaucho, right? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, and that was what I was thinking about with this, because gaucho, what is that? that? That's an interesting word. Is it, does that have something to do with left-handedness? Um, oh, like gauche, right? Yeah. I, I'm thinking about that. That's French, but I'm wondering. Yeah. I have no clue. Like, we have the same word in Portuguese, and we also have some of this culture in um, uh, one of our, in one of the Brazilian, one of the regions of Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, south Brazil? Not really south, more like central west, like to in the, the side. In the mountains? Yeah. No, um, Mato Grosso, that area. Yeah. It's, Anyway, that, that's really interesting uh, that they use the bola as a instrument because they're usually used for hunting. Yeah, yeah, so that's really yeah. cool. Love, I love the way that they, as you mentioned, use kind of like a very hypermasculine, almost like fighting sort of like vibe and like weaponry, but then change it into an art form in a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I really like they did, and it kind of like took the edge off this almost toxic masculinity yeah, um, was that they incorporated comedy into it yeah, yeah. so there was a point where one of the guys um, he was shorter than the others mm-hmm. like very um, a lot shorter than the others Noticeably. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he started doing things and it was as if it was like um, Simon Says kind of thing uh-huh. so he started and everyone would follow mm-hmm. and he got really intense and it was almost as if he was throwing a tantrum. And then everyone else kind of like threw a tr- tantrum after him. <laughs> and they were like all laughing and joking around with each other to show that, yes, there's like this increase in this image. But there's also like the breakdown of that. Of course. Was it, it sort of like a really, cabaret show almost? That's sort of what it sounds like. A, like. like a relief mm. of tension almost, right? Yeah, it was a relief of tension at that point. I wouldn't say really cabaret because, I don't know, it feels very specific. It's okay. a very specific art form mm-hmm. that you don't really see often. Right. And I'm really, really happy that um, the Caravan to... World Rhythms brought it to yeah. Vancouver because it's not something that you, it's not something that's very popular, you know, that's well known. But mm-hmm. it's a beautiful art form. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting to me because, well, to think about the unusual instruments we've seen recently. Like when we were at Mr. Burns, we thought, saw the Thunder Can. Yeah, yeah. That's still pretty impressive. Like, maybe it's just us. Maybe that's her track record. We're just looking at a lot of unusual music making. Eh, actually, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that, that sounds great. And again, for people who might want to check the group out, um, can you let them know the name again? Che, so C-H-E, <laughs> just because I know that mm-hmm. we, in English you don't like, really like, have like that. Like that guy on all the t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Che Malambo. Che Malambu. Yeah, yeah that. No, no, no. The guy in the t- all the t-shirts is named Che Malambo. No. No. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought that's the name of the dance group. No, it's the name <laughs> the, of the, the dance group. group. Although he was Argentinian, wasn't he? Um, Guevara, I mean, he was you, Argentinian. You're talking about Guevara. He, yeah. well, he was Argentinian. Also a mass murderer, but uh, <laughs> you know. Anyway. Medical professional. Anyway, th- thank you very much for the <laughs> review, Lua. That sounds thank great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, do you have anything that you'd like to share, Jake? <laughs> <coughs> I know, a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> <coughs> that was not planned. That, I swear to, I, well, I, I swear to, that was not planned. Got it. Um, yeah, actually, uh, for Pacific. Um, sure, Pacific Theater. Yeah, Pacific Theater is actually uh, putting on a show called Lovesick, which is running for the from... 
tomorrow through the weekend. Oh, great. Uh, it's a short run. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, for those who may have seen Almost Maine by John Cariani there earlier. For those who didn't, it was sort of this, this pretty cute anthology of, um, uh, yeah, they, they were all about love, about falling in love to a mm-hmm. degree. And uh, Love Sick is sort of a companion piece to that about staying in love or perhaps not being able to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I liked Almost Maine uh, a decent amount. I like Pacific a lot, as I've mentioned many times here. And they've got Tolkien coming up, which, yes, I'm going to see that. Mm-hmm. Sounds and interesting. you're going to hear about it. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> uh, can you let us know more about um, um, when the show is running? Probably around, like, 7? Yeah. 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 Seven Evenings episodes, this, right? this weekend, yes. Mm-hmm. But love so look into it. Yep, yep, look into that. You know, someone you love, some, some, someone you don't like. I don't, I, I don't just, 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 just get take, people to this show. Just, I, I, just I want to the show. to do well. It, it's, a nice, it's a nice venue, and, very, like, intimate stage. Mm-hmm. I like the way they actually play up their staging because they have, like, the action in the center and the audience is actually split into, like, like two They almost. do. They've it's, really got really cool. to work on that. Like, that yeah. was one thing in particular, like, with something where – you can't have a very large cast in Pacific. No. Really? Because of the, the space. So you have to have the single actors moving around so that they don't leave any of the audience in the in the in the dark, mm-hmm. basically. So that there's, you know, everyone's got at least one eyeline on them. Yeah, the blocking is always really well done yeah. at their shows. That's like, one thing I really like about uh, Pacific Theaters. Um Work. Like with Bar Mitzvah Boy, I remember it was almost all diagonal blocking, so it wasn't oppositional, but that everyone had someone's face mm-hmm. pointing to them, and it was a cast of two people. Mm-hmm. And then with uh, The Lonesome West, I remember they did the opposite with that, because it was usually three people on stage. It was usually, yeah, it was usually the two brothers, and then either the priest or Gurleen. And they'd have the third person just sort of awkwardly off, but the two brothers would always be squaring <laughs> up against each other, because that's yeah. the... That's the premise of the play. So, yeah, I, 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 I really want to see Pacific do well. Also, I might have uh, misquoted uh, when I was saying Heart of the Dog is completely sold. Heart of a Dog, which is the companion piece to Laurie Anderson's presentation at the Chan Center, is not, mm-hmm. in fact, sold out. You can catch that at the Cinematheque on April 12th at 7 p.m. So that's a little, little way off in the future, but you may want to book tickets in advance for this. Yep. Wait, Jake, did you say April or May? April. 12th? This is April, isn't it? Yeah, we're in April 18th. Yeah, April 18th. So I read May there. Uh, but you said April. But it's in yeah. May. No, it's in April. Okay, it's in April. Yeah. All right. No, it's not going to make any more sense if I explain it. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> no, no, let's just go on. We're going to go to a few ads, and then we'll be back oh. with more cool content. Woo! Born out of an initiative to give more voice to local women artists and musicians, Mixtapes is a Vancouver-based bi-annual mixtape featuring women-identified musicians and sound artists from the Pacific Northwest. The spring 2018 edition will be coming out on May 10th, with all proceeds going to the Downtown Eastside Women's Shelter. Women-identified artists are invited to send their submissions to btchtapes at gmail.com. The release fundraiser will be held on May 10th at the Redgate Review Stage, featuring artists selected for this edition of the cassette.
On Sunday, May 6th, participate and fundraise in the Vancouver Investors Group Walk for Alzheimer's. It's a fun and family-friendly event that sends a message of inclusion and hope to the estimated 70,000 British Columbians living with dementia and the people who care for them. The Vancouver Walk will take place at Creekside Community Recreation Center at 12 p.m. To learn more about how you can join us and create a movement, visit www.walkforalzheimers.ca. Vancouver, together, we make memories matter. Like a rhinestone cowboy. I see that you like that song, Jake. I do like that song a lot. I have really happy memories of that song. Mm -hmm. um, I heard that at a wedding when I was about 15. That one and The Gambler by Kenny Rogers is the other one. But those mm -hmm. are like from from a kind of area era of country music that hasn't aged well like rhinestone cowboy is a really amazing song it's a really beautiful song <laughs> we also have a lot of cool stuff that's coming up i actually want to talk about a show that's at granville island it's called murder on the improv express it actually opened a few uh, days back it opened april 12th clearly it's a riff on and then there were none right <laughs> wink <laughs> uh, the beloved agatha christie novel uh so murder on the improv express I'm just going to read it out to you guys. Picture this. A luxury train trapped in the Canadian Rockies with a passenger list that includes a prominent socialist, a retired military officer, and a famous detective. And, oh yes, there's a corpse. What you have are the makings of a classic murder mystery. Welcome to Murder on the Improv Express, a killer comedy. <laughs> I know. As in countless whodunits, this month's in the 1930s and involves many of the set characters and scenarios you'd expect to find. However, what is unknown is who is the victim, who is the killer, and how the dastardly deed was done. These are just some of the things that will be established by audience suggestions. It's an improv show. During the course of the show, what is known is that the audience members will die laughing at the improbable plot twists and turns. So it's part murder mystery, part improv show. It sounds really, really fun. So it's like mad. It's sort of like live action Mad Libs. Definitely like live action oh, Mad okay. Libs. It sounds, sounds super cool. And they have a few more shows coming up if you want to take a look. Uh, this week's shows they have one for Thursday tomorrow, seven thirty. Friday at seven thirty, and Saturday at seven thirty. It is uh, presented by Vancouver Theater Sports at Granville Island. Hmm. I love Granville Island. I love like... Vancouver Theater Sports. They always have really good shows. Yeah. What's well, also around Vancouver, you guys? Well, Jericho Arts Center's got the cherry orchard on the 27th. Ah, uh, classic Chekhov. Yes. I was going to make a joke about confusing it with Ibsen, but no, it's, it's Chekhov. Yeah. It's, um... <laughs> don't do that to me. Don't, don't gaslight me like this. I'd be like, what? It was Ibsen? <laughs> no, it's not. I go home. I check. I'm like, I knew it was not Ibsen, Jake. I wonder about the... the I don't know. I've never seen, heard about Ibsen and Chekhov being compared, but they have to have been. Yeah, somebody I, must have been, like, half-listing in their theater, like, you know, like, you know, opener to theater class and be like, all right, Ibsen wrote The Cherry Orchard. Oh, well, they're, like, <laughs> both so acclaimed, right? Yeah. Like, they, yeah. especially when, like, you could probably measure George Bernard Shaw's career in comparison to both of them. Or Ibsen, at least. Uh, mm -hmm. Like there's and Shaw himself has kind of run the gamut. But yeah, so when is when is it on for the Jericho Arts That's Center? That's the 27th to May 18th. I'm getting the dates correct this time. <laughs> um, yeah, um, we're gonna try and review that. But if we don't, we can't. You know, just check it out. It's, it's always like a classic. It, it's Chekhov. Like you know, very, like, like very guy. nice. Yeah, you know what his last words were? What? I haven't had champagne in a while. 
if it in Tsarist <laughs> Russia, when you died, if, you know, if, if there were people on your deathbed, you had enough money to die well. So basically what they would do is bring you champagne for your last drink. And he mm-hmm. knew he was going to die, so he said, well, I haven't had champagne in a while. And then he died. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't know if that was after or before drinking the champagne, but I hope it was after. I hope they were able to send him out with a little bit of a zing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, that's always uh, fun. <laughs> but I, I um, always think about my like. Right, <laughs> I always yeah. think about my dying words. It's probably gonna be like, "Oh, this is really bright," and then just I'm, I'm oh. like, <laughs> "Jk, Jk." Am I? Um, Anyways, tell us more. <laughs> what do you have? Okay, so um, I came across this. Um, I, like I hope you guys know about this because. I'm in love with flowers. I absolutely oh <laughs> love That's flowers. That's so cute. <laughs> and in Brazil, we don't mm-hmm. have trees that flowers, like that have flowers. They only like have like bushes or whatever. We right. don't really have trees. Right. And I get really excited about cherry blossoms. And there is the Cherry Blossom Festival going on in the Queen Elizabeth Park this week until the 29th. Oh, that's so sweet. And this weekend, actually, it started this week. They are lighting up the thing at night. Like what thing? The, the entire park with all oh, the cherries, wow. blossoms, yeah. all the flowers with nice lights and colorful. And I'm, I don't know. It sounds, it sounds really nice. For like a And nice it's picnic. free. Yeah. yeah. And it's free. And mm-hmm. it goes on until, obviously, until it's dark, until 10 around, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, the best part is it's free. It's pretty. <laughs> and I I'm, I love taking you, you photos. Talked about, you talked about the good weather lately. Yes, and it's great <laughs> weather right now. So without rain, it should be even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you like photography, if you like doing artsy stuff, that's probably a great option if you're like, on like, a budget during yeah. the weekend. You or know? if you want to go, hey, guys, you want to play like, you know, ultimate you know, let's go out to the, you know the Queenie. They have cherry blossoms and it's nice and the sun is shining. Let's take advantage of this good weather before the rain comes back, yep. starting in early September. Yep. Yep. It's definitely. <laughs> we only have four months. You guys get out, get out and do stuff. Also, there's the annual Expressions Theater Festival. Just want to give that a shout out. Oh, really great! Quick for Arts Umbrella. It's a waterfront on Granville Island. Mm-hmm. That's going from. That's well off. That's May 17th to 26th. I always get to put in your calendar. But yeah, because Arts Umbrella has some stuff that's very near to my heart. They have a whimsical fun of Roll Dolls, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. I've always liked Roll Doll because there's a. There's some pretty... There's a lot to unpack in his work. There's some pretty dark parts, too. Yeah, yeah. And Just don't describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the Phoenician Women, which is uh, a tragedy by Aeschylus, I believe. It's a Greek tragedy. And mm-hmm. Missing, which is a modern interpretation of Hansel and Gretel. And that's featuring... Um, an arts umbrella grad, local actor Dennis en- Douglas Ennenberg. I know Douglas Ennenberg. He's a great actor. Yeah, you do. He was in... Um, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that so that I wanna put that one out there, and we will almost certainly have reviews on that when it comes around. Yeah, that sounds good. But if you're thinking to yourself, "Oh man, I am swamped with exams and whatnot," this is the time for you to take a breather, grab a clo- like a few of your close friends. Maybe if you're like, you know what, I don't wanna just make a big party. Go out and do something, UBC. Yeah, yeah. Swing by wealth and liberty and have an evening. Yeah. <laughs> Have an evening. All right. Thanks for listening. This is the Arts Report. Yeah. I'm your hoda- I'm your host, not your hoad. What's your- <laughs> Please don't call me your hoad. I thought you were going to say hodak for a second. I know. Like, I thought I was going to say that too. I was like, like hodak. Is that some sort of weird- Well, I, I know there's the, the whole Kodak bodak thing, but there's also yeah. the bodak. I thought like- I was going to call myself hodar, like, you know, from like Game of Thrones. Anyways, I'm your host, <laughs> Ashley Park. I'm not holding the door for you. Um, Lua Presidio.
And I'm Jake Clark. Thanks for listening. Cheers.